pleasure to welcome you to another episode of Value Nigeria with Ajibola. How has your week been? I hope it's been a productive week for us all. I'd like to say a very big thank you to everyone who has listened to all our episodes in the past. We've had two episodes so far. The feedback we've gotten has been really, really encouraging. Thank you very much to everyone that has listened. Thank you very much for getting back to us. If there's any chance you are listening to this, but you have not listened to either of the two episodes we've released before now, titled The Ten Commandments of Wealth and of Living a Fulfilled Life, I'd like to encourage you just to go back to the last two episodes and listen to them. I strongly believe that it will be worth the time you're putting in to do that. At the inception of this podcast, we had said the first couple of episodes that we'll be putting out will be to basically discuss foundational principles, principles on which the edifice of what value investing and what value investing isn't will be built upon eventually when we get to that juncture. Today's episode also flows along that line. We are still talking about um, a foundational principle today. The topic of our discourse today is how companies are born. We will be going back to the inception. We'll be going back to the very beginning to look at how the life cycle of businesses begin, how companies are born. I feel it's quite important that we talk about the birth process of companies because of two reasons. The first is that talking about the betting process of these companies helps us understand or see the companies in a different light, helps us interact better with these companies and understand the reason why certain decisions are taken, why the owners or the founders act in a certain way. The second reason why I feel it's important that we talk about the bet process of companies is that in the course of this discussion, we'll be introducing new terms which will be coming across from time to time all through the life of this podcast. Companies exist all around us, whether we are conscious of them or not. We interact with these companies day in, day out. Um, The cars we drive are made by a company somewhere. The roads we drive on are made by a construction company. The groceries and the consumer items we use at home are bought as a company, you buy them at a shopping location and they are actually manufactured by another company from somewhere else. The banks we bank with, they are certainly companies on their own. Basically, both conscious and unconsciously, we interact with various companies. Now, there are thousands of companies that make up the business world all over the globe. Um, There are hundreds of companies listed on the Nigerian Stock Exchange. And um, the job of the investor is to basically decide which of all these companies is worth putting your money into. Remember when we talked about the Ten Commandments for Wealth, after you've developed your marketable skill, you've improved on that skill, you've improved your earning ability, and you've saved some money, you've followed the first three principles, you've put some money aside, the next principle is for you to invest these amounts that you have saved. And um, you don't want to put this money into just any mediocre company or into any company that will just fritter your savings away. It's your hardened savings. You denied yourself the pleasure 
of spending it in the now of you know enjoying some benefits of the money you've earned rather you're trying to invest it to put it into an asset that will generate some income in future to you so the job of the investor is to decide out of the thousands of companies that exist all over which of all of them is worth putting your money into which of all of these is a good company that can earn you good returns before we go into the crux of the discussion of what the best process of companies look like i'll just like to first state that um, what we'll be talking about today is a very simplified version of the process we will be talking about it in a particular order now the practical best process of companies don't necessarily have to follow the order in which we are outlining them today it's n- it's not a chronological list rather every company will pass through these stages or a form of these stages in the in the bet- in their betting process now the basically the first step in the life cycle of every company is when the entrepreneur or the founder of this company gets the idea or incubates the idea um in his mind about what he wants the company to do now basically the idea is usually a new or an innovative way of solving an existing problem or a problem that doesn't exist now that the entrepreneur feels would exist in future and is come up with a, he or she has come up with a way of solving that problem so the entrepreneur has gotten this idea he's gotten an idea that he is working on now what's the next step that the entrepreneur takes even in the journey of his company's birth or in the company in the journey of his company's formation the next step is that he needs to start up his company he needs to start up you know producing that product or that good or delivering that service usually they start small um because at this point they are usually self funded they are gathering money out of their own pockets out of their own savings maybe liquidating one or two assets to generate the money to you know commence the production of this good or delivery of this service now he sources the money from out of pocket or he manages to borrow some money uh, off his close friends family and associates okay um at this point the company is still 100% owned by the entrepreneur and um so that's a huge advantage it's owned 100% by the entrepreneur he's starting small uh, that way even if the business fails or folds up the entrepreneur is actually not losing much money because basically it's just his own savings that he's putting into the business at the inception the disadvantage of being at this stage is that the business is quite small and um, only limited amount of funds are available to the entrepreneur to commence production or to commence delivery of his service in the course of the week i read a book written by the founder and uh, former ceo of um, access bank nigeria his name is aigbuje aig imokwede and the title of the book is leaving the tarmac buying a bank in africa i highly recommend this book if you've not read it please get a copy i'll probably leave a link in the show notes to where you can get a copy of the book from so i'm going to read a line from his book and that is on page 126 and um, quote all private banks start from entrepreneurial beginnings 
with one or more persons contributing the capital required for the bank to exist and function. End of quote. So basically, I'm just going to substitute or paraphrase what he's trying to say here. He's saying all private banks or substitute that for companies. So all private companies start from entrepreneurial beginnings. Now, this entrepreneurial beginning is, you know, the stage in which the entrepreneur, the founder, you know, gets an idea that solves an old problem in a new and innovative way or solves a new problem. And he goes ahead to say that, okay, all private companies start from entrepreneurial beginnings with one or more persons who are the founders actually contributing the capital required for that company to exist and function. So he's basically saying that at that inception, at the beginning stage, is usually the founders, you know, that contribute the capital, that contribute the money that is needed to grow the business. Now, let's take an example. Say a baker has gotten an idea. The idea is that maybe there's a community that don't have a bakery. They don't have access to quality bread or to quality cakes. So the baker has the idea of, you know, setting up in that community, delivering fresh bread and freshly baked cakes to the community. So the baker gathers money from himself, informally borrows money from friends and family, and um, basically what does he do with all that money he needs to buy an oven where he can bake the products he needs to buy the flour he needs to buy the butter the eggs he needs to buy the mixers and generally all the equipments that he will be needed to produce this bread and to produce the cakes now all these items all the property the equipment everything the baker needs the ingredients to produce the bread are actually called assets. For a business to actually do what it's supposed to do, you use assets to generate you know, the products or to deliver the service. Now, that's the first term I would like to introduce in the course of this podcast, assets. So an asset is either a property, it's either plants, it's either machinery, it's either raw cash or Whatever the business needs or the company needs, even to deliver the service or to produce the good. So those are assets. Now, as the business grows, as the company grows, as customers discover this um, company, as they begin to patronize the company, it gets to a point where the demand for these goods or the demand for this service you know, exceeds the ability of the assets to deliver. The reason for this is because the entrepreneur started small. He only has a limited amount of assets that, you know, deliver the goods or deliver the service. So as demand begins to outgrow the ability of the assets to deliver, the entrepreneur has a new problem on his hands. So there is a lot of demand for the products, but his assets, the assets he has, is unable to meet that demand. And how does he get assets? He needs to raise money, he needs capital, you know, to buy more mixers, to buy more flour, to rent another shop in another location. So money is needed. Now, how does the entrepreneur get to generate this money? Basically, at this point, there are two options available to the entrepreneur. The first option is that he goes to his bank and lends money from the bank. So he speaks to his to the account officer, he shows them his cash flow, he shows them, you know, his business plan, 
the, the bakery is growing, business is good, and then the bank can lend him the money. And with that money, he can buy more mixers, buy more ovens, rent another location, you know, buy more flour, and basically grow his business. What are the disadvantages of using this model of, you know, taking on debt to grow the business? The disadvantage is that the baker has to, or the business owner, the entrepreneur, has to repay a loan to the bank. And not he's not just repaying a loan, he's actually going to be paying interest on that loan. So, ideally, money that would have been profit, money that would have gone into the, big, into the business owner or the entrepreneur's pockets as profits, now goes to the bank as interest payment and as repayment of the principal. Now, the advantage of growing by this means, which is taking on loans or taking on debt, is that the entrepreneur still gets to own a hundred percent of his business. He owns a hundred percent of this business, and you know he doesn't have to share eventual profits with anybody. Now, the process of taking on loans, the process of going into debt in a bid to grow the business, is actually called liabilities. Liability. So this is the second term that I would like to introduce even in the in this episode of the podcast. Now, a liability is anything the co- a company owes, anything a company owes in the process of producing its goods or in the process of delivering its service. So the company might owe the bank, the company might owe its suppliers, the company might owe its customers, maybe some customers have paid for bread supply, daily bread supply for the next three months. So the baker hasn't delivered that bread yet, but the customer has paid, so he's owing the customer, so that's a sort of liability. Now, that's the first option available for the entrepreneur to raise money and to grow his business. The next option will be for the entrepreneur to actually sell a part of his business, either to the public or to strategic investors, you know, to private investors. So the entrepreneur thinks that, okay, my business is growing. I need money to buy more assets so I can produce more products. Now, he speaks to a couple of people and lets them, you know, shows them his business plan. And those people can then inject some capital into his business in an exchange for an ownership stake in that company. So the entrepreneur, rather than owning 100% of the company, He now owns maybe 70% and sells a 30% stake to the public or to private investors. Now, the process of raising money, raising capital through selling a part of the company is called raising equity. This is the third term that I would like to explain or to bring up in the course of this episode. Now, what are the advantages of raising money via selling equity in the company? The advantages include the entrepreneur not having to worry about paying interest or paying a loan back to the back to a bank or back to his creditors. So, whatever profit the business generates can stay within the the business. Okay, he doesn't have additional costs of repayment of interest, repayment of capital. However, on the flip side, the disadvantage of raising money through equity 
is that the entrepreneur gets to sacrifice a portion, you know, a stake in the business, a portion of his business in exchange for raising the capital. So basically, the, the process of, you know, selling equity or raising money through equity is synonymous to selling shares in the company. So when you buy shares in any company, you actually own a stake. And that is the point of, you know, equity. You own a stake in that business. You are not just buying a paper certificate. You are not just buying something abstract. You are actually buying an ownership stake in that business. So we've talked about three broad terms. An asset, which is what the company uses or what the company needs to produce the goods or to deliver a service. The second term we talked about is liability, and this is what a company owes in the process of delivering its good and its service. And the third is equity, which is um, a stake in the business, a stake in the company, which the entrepreneur can decide to sell to the public or to the private in a bid to raise some money to fund the business growth. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. I hope it's been a good experience or I hope you've learned one or two things uh, about our discussion about the betting process of companies and introducing these three terms. We'll build further on it in subsequent episodes. Thank you very much for listening. Do give us your feedback. We really look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful week ahead. See you next week.